Hi, this is Tony Child, and you're listening to My 88. Hello and welcome to the My 88 Podcast. My name is Wayne Sunks and I am very excited about this episode because I am chatting to a legend of the music industry. She has won an Emmy, she's been nominated for three Grammys and she is currently touring Australia because she is now an Australian citizen. It is very exciting for me to chat to the legend that is Tony Childs. You're listening to My 88. Wayne Sunks with you today, and I am so excited because I have a legendary singer with me on the line today. She is an Emmy winner and a multi-Grammy-nominated singer. It is Tony Childs. Thank you so much for chatting today. Oh, aloha. Now, Thanks for having me. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Now, you are coming to our local area very soon on your retrospective tour. It's coming to the Joan Sutherland Performing Arts Centre. Can you tell me about this tour? Well, it's a getting back on the saddle tour um, after COVID. Uh, our industry has been hit so hard, so we're just starting to get out on the road, and it's a retrospective. It's a celebration of all the music that I've made um, over time. Um, it's two hours, and we have dessert first. So all the fan favorites are first in the first hour, and then we have a little break. I save a little memory morsel. I like to think of the show like a box of memories and that I'm singing you these little, these little memory moments. And then at the end of the show, I, I hold one back that I know everybody's going to want to hear. And then the second half of the show is all my new music. I have three productions that are rolling out this decade. Brief 360. It's all a beautiful noise and citizens of the planet. And I play music and I share some videos and some uh, animations and some things that all are about these shows that are rolling out and hear the new music and where it's coming from. Now, I've read some reviews of some people who have seen the show and people are just absolutely loving your show, your stage presence and your performance and listening to these songs all over again. You know what? It's great. Look, I think COVID really has made us that level of uncertainty that's already under the surface for all of us anyway. You know, making making the rent, making sure everything's working for your kids, all of the stuff it takes to survive. And it's got dialed up. And I think my show is the reset. I really love people. And I really feel like... People need to be loved up, and that's what I do best, and that's what my music's about. And all the new music is uh, super inspirational and fresh and introspective at the same time. It's got weight to it, and, you know, it's time for us to do the reset and kind of 
get a good look forward and just leave everything else behind that we don't need. And so I talk about it. It's a conversation, really. The night is a conversation. It's intimate. It's, uh, and it's really, it's loving. It sounds fantastic. Now, of course, you live in Australia now. You're, you're an Australian citizen. I am. I became a citizen um, this year in April. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, it took a while. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was really, yeah, you know, I got, it, I got an email <laughs> <laughs> telling me about it, and I was like, uh, oh, my God, and I burst into tears. I was shocked. I thought I would have got a letter or something, but it came in an email. There you go. The recycling and, and saving the planet now means you get those things in emails. It does. It does. <laughs> you, over the years, have been loved by both Australia and New Zealand. You had so much success here. Why do you think that we responded to your songs so well? I don't know. I think we're of the same tribe. You know, I, you know, I think we have a similar emotional landscape. That's the only thing I can really think of. Although, I think per capita here, I don't know. I think for the most part, you people in Australia are pretty honest. I think the people that are connecting to my music are in their hearts, living in their hearts, and wanting to meet life's challenges and maybe trauma in a, in a way that's not going to define them, and they're going to fight their way through and decide, be the decider instead of being the victim. And I, I think that we might have that in common. Yeah, I think that's a really great explanation. Now, you have had so much success over the years. You, you've won an Emmy and been nominated for Grammys. How does that feel as an artist to get that kind of recognition? Oh, it always feels really good. I mean, I remember my first two Grammy nominations. I didn't see it coming. And so it was, it was you know, just amazing. And then the same thing for the Emmy that I won. And, you know, it's, they're really, they are nice recognition. I think the thing that is more important to me is that seeing all the Facebook posts of how people are experiencing the evening and us having an, a conversation in the night, because the whole set's a conversation, of the music's a conversation, and it seems to propel a more intimate, break that fourth wall uh, conversation with the audience. And that that's the best because then you're really connected. You're not just up there performing. It's different. That first album of yours, Union, is is just such a, a beautiful album. We play songs from that album all the time. Uh, and I was talking to some people yesterday. I was asking people their favourite Tony Child song. And, and Don't Walk Away and Stop Your Fussing is just loved by so many people. Uh, they're really great songs. What are your memories of, of making that album? Oh, my God. It was so huge. I remember there's so many millions of stories within that time of recording that are all really huge for me as a personal experience going through the whole process. There was a cliffhanger of sorts. I remember my A&R, we had just gotten back from Africa recording the uh, African voices and David Tickle was in the studio tweaking it because 
a record company. The art department was going to come and listen to the record so we can come up with ideas for this album cover. And and then my A&R man came. And David Ricketts, who I co-wrote and co-produced the record with, he went out on the beach because he was so nervous about what people were going to think. And I was sitting out on the on the steps up just outside the door of the studio. I didn't want to be in there either. And I remember my A&R guy coming out. He was young. He was 21 years old. And he, he goes, I liked your demos better. And unbeknownst to me, he went to my publisher and said, I want to get her off the label, blah, blah, blah. So I didn't, I didn't know that. But he, what he said to me was very confronting and felt very rude. And I felt like I just made the best music of my life. And then what ended up happening is that the next day when I came in the studio, I came and there was the biggest flower arrangement I have ever had in my life to date. It was, I'm not kidding you, probably three feet in diameter, uh, this thing. And it was from the head of A&R of A&M and said, you're why we're in the business. So the complete contrast to that. So I think that, is because sometimes things can appear one way to someone and sometimes they can appear different and you can't make a record for somebody you got to make it for yourself whatever you do yeah definitely that is that is wonderful um and i hope that guy didn't keep his job for too much longer after that (laughs) well he did he did but here's what's interesting what i found out here's the great thing about the story so he went to an a and r he left the studio in malibu drove into Hollywood, went to this meeting. They said, so where's the Tony Childs? Um, where's she at? Let's hear what she's brought back from Africa. You know, and he goes, I don't have anything. And he had just hired this African-American <laughs> secretary, and she just chimed up. She goes, yes, he does. And she had heard the recording, and she thought it was amazing. And, he, and they said, go and get it. And then at that meeting, they played that, and that's why I got that those flowers and I got a call also from I forget the name of the head of A&R at that time but he gave, oh he was doing Janet Jackson he brought Janet Jackson to A&R Records and he said you're why we're in the business and it was just such an amazing experience that's one of many Now, your second album, The Wonderful House of Hope, uh, went double platinum here in Australia and had the, right. had the top five single, I've Got to Go Now, which I just must say is such a, a beautiful song. It's also quite painful to listen to. Was it uh, amazing for you to have that song do so well here in Australia? You know what? That song almost didn't make it on that record. You know, there was a couple of things about that. One, I didn't, I wasn't really sure sonically and the style of the of the of it was going to really work on the record now of course i can't even imagine it not being on the record right because of the impact it's had on so many people's lives but 
Uh, that song was about my own addiction to pain. It was my I was dealing and confronting and wanting to say goodbye to a pattern that I had uh, in my life at the time. So that's not my personal story. But, you know, you can't really sing about thought forms very well. And I felt like, so I created this cast of characters. And I, I, it was so devoid of my personal experience that I had to get an acting coach to help me drop down into the emotion so I could actually sing it as a personal experience because I was, it was not, I was not doing it. I was not liking it. It was not working. And then, um, because I went and saw this, this acting coach, he helped me drop into the emotion of it. And so I was able to do it. Now I don't have any problem doing it. However, that song has really changed, helped people to change the things they needed to change. And it's still such a powerful song to sing it live. Oh, I bet. I bet you must get a very emotional response from the audience when you perform I it. sure do. I do, indeed. Now, the song Many Rivers to Cross is a really interesting one because it was released in Australia and, and, and did okay, but then it was re-released again in the 90s and just exploded and became a cultural phenomenon here in Australia. Uh, that must have been a wonderful surprise for you. Yeah, well, that was interesting because that went out with the greatest, like a uh, the woman's vote and a greatest hits double album thing. And I didn't know that it had been turned into a commercial because I did it for a film. So I had no idea, and then suddenly it's like you know, like this smash record, blah blah blah, and I came out for a tour. So yeah, it was interesting. I there was a part of me I would have probably not given my permission at the time, but it did bring me a whole new audience. I remember, yeah. and it's probably why, and it's probably why I I can play every nook and cranny in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. It is a song that we really do love here in this country. It's I, I feel like I, I sing it and everyone starts singing along with me. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, yeah. Yeah, I it's uh it's a but you know what? What I don't like about singing it is that it's like singing you're singing an affirmation that you're gonna be alone. Oh Mary Rivers to cross. But it's only Maui that keeps me alive. It's a song. It's a very sad song. It's like, you know, my man, he's left me and I don't know why. Do you know what I mean? I'm just so lonely and I guess I'm just going to be alone. And, you know, you don't want to sing that too much because I don't want that to be my reality. Wow, that is a, you, that's an interesting cause thought. Because if, yeah. if you sing it with a lot of feeling like I do, you're kind of making that a reality, and I'm hyper aware of it. I had never thought of that. You're blowing my mind today, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've just got a, an interesting question for – I was looking back at uh, doing a bit of research on you, and I saw that in 1979 you performed with Berlin. I did. I did. Well, 
they wanted me to be the singer, but I didn't want to, I was writing my own material and I didn't want to be the singer. So I told them I'd only do three gigs with them. And ever since I've only did three gigs with them, I've been told I'm the singer for that band and I never want to be. <laughs> it's hilarious. There you go. Everything. See, nowadays because of the internet, everyone remembers everything. Yep. I know, I know. There you go, there you go. Now, Tony, thank you so much for chatting to us today. I hope everyone grabs some tickets and goes to see you at the Joan Sutherland Performing Arts Centre because it is guaranteed to be an amazing night. And I want to see you there. Nice to talk to you, beauty. It is an absolute pleasure to chat to you. This is My 88. That was my interview with the wonderful Tony Childs. If you are in Australia, I would certainly recommend checking out when she is near you and going to see her wonderful show and also check out her new music. But I will see you next time on the podcast. And please remember, you can check out my show every single weekday, 7 a.m. till 10 a.m. Sydney time. And also I have Chart Attack on a Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock. I hope you have a great day. That's my 88. Tunks out.